Hi, and welcome to the Be Happy, Be Brilliant podcast with myself, Rodolfo Young. From a U.S. Army Special Operations soldier to spending two years in meditative silence, I'm now reaching a million people around the world sharing deep insights, practical wisdom, and mindsets to cultivate happiness and success. Enjoy the podcast and be sure to share the conversation to keep the ripple flowing. Hello everybody, Rodolfo Young here, founder of The Brilliance EDU. Super excited for the first of a series of interview conversations I'm going to be having with some amazing master coaches that have agreed to come on live with me here on Instagram and share their insights about 2020 and some of the craziness that's happened and to look at what we can look forward to in 2021 as a focus as a way of moving towards and cultivating the kind of life that we want. I know 2020 was an incredibly unexpected, uh, surprise kind of year. Many of us had challenges. Many of us had obstacles that we had to face and a lot of uncertainty, which is why I put this series together because I want some of these amazing people that I know have crazy wisdom in the world to come forward and share a little bit of their ideas and insights because it'll help us all as we move into 2021 to make it a year that we will remember for very different reasons than 2020. So today we have an amazing, amazing person on and I'm going to add her in in just a moment. I see she's already in the the green room of Instagram here, ready to go. And that person is Swati Martin. She is an amazing, amazing person. She's one of Africa's most recognized young leaders and influencers and tastemaker. She, she's the multi-award winning entrepreneur and founder of one of Africa's most admired brands, the Iswara African Tea Company. I may have m- mispronounced that. I hope not. But uh, she, she, she's a legend, I tell you. She's a conscious activist and she founded the Tunche Global Consciousness Summit and Events, which I got to take part in earlier this year, and Loving Kindness Boma. And as an independent publishing uh, person, she's actually created a publishing house for conscious books for children with diverse main characters. Like she's all about creating this amazing world of diversity and equality and and justice. And and I really admire this woman. I'm so excited. She's been on multiple magazine covers, including Forbes and Oprah Winfrey's Oh Power List. She, she's just amazing. Uh, we are blessed to have Swati Martin on with us. I'm bringing her into. With us right now, it should be jumping in there, I think. There she is. <laughs> well, I was even wondering who, is, who are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> so happy to have you on, Swati. Thank you so much for agreeing to, to jump on on this interview and to share with, with myself and with everybody. Pretty much, we're gonna have like a we're gonna have a conversation. I've got a few questions around this idea of what's been going on this year and what you think is gonna happen next year. But we also have a, a, an amazing <laughs> look at you playing with the filters. <laughs> we, but we also have an amazing topic that you've offered up, where we're gonna be looking at retiring the old paradigms and looking to invite a new reality. And I, I think that's an amazing topic because that's exactly what we're talking about is how do we let go of some of this old stuff, some of our old beliefs, our old stories, um, 
old government systems, old, like, I don't, I don't know what all we're going to get into. This is going to be a beautiful free flow of conversation and then see what we can focus in on for what the new reality is that we want to bring into the world. So super excited to have you. Uh, anything you want to share as, as we open up here be, before we even get into some of the topic or some of these questions? Well, thank you so much for uh, inviting me uh, to uh, your, to the, you know, to this summit. I think it's just uh, really timely uh, to have this conversation just before the end of the year and with everything going on. So I already apologize a little bit for the noise in the background. I'm in Abidjan, uh, Côte d'Ivoire, so that's also the magic of technology, how we're able <laughs> to communicate uh, from different continents. Um, and I chose this filter because we're talking about shifting reality. And um, I just wanted to bring a little bit of magic because there's been such a narrative of negativity, doom, and all things uh, fearful uh, that this filter is really to, um, you know, to, to just anchor the magic that is in the world and has been in the world. I like it. I like that. If I had any clue how to actually find where my filters are, I'd be doing the same. <laughs> I, I, I'm a whiz at like computer technology and stuff like that. But you get me on a mobile device and I'm, I'm like, what? What do I do? Where, where do I press? <laughs> <laughs> so before we jump into, into that primary topic, I, I, I just, I'm curious, what do you think was the biggest lesson for you and maybe for many people coming out of 2020, what's something that has stood out that will help us as we move into 2021? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think for me, you know, and I don't know if it's a lesson that we've learned yet, but the biggest <laughs> thing for me has been impermanence and death. And we live in societies that are death denying. Um, mm. And all the fears have, have actually put us uh, face to face with our fear of death, our non-acceptance of death, and our non-acceptance of impermanence. And I think this is a really deep spiritual lesson that I don't think we've mastered yet, but um, this experience and possibly, you know, this experience is not over and possibly more experiences are just going to force us to uh, learn this lesson. So yeah. that for me has probably been you know, is one of the greatest lessons because it is informing so much of uh, what has been going on, the choices, the fears, the debates, you know, at the end of the day, it's that. Uh, are we embracing impermanence and honoring death? I love fear? that. I love that. It, it, as, as you say that, I, I'm taken back to some of my college days where I was studying, I was a religious studies major and, and I studied a lot of Buddhism and, and Eastern religions and traditions. And one of the core aspects when you look at some of the Buddhist thought is this idea of these three things that happen before enlightenment. And one of them is the, the great doubt, where you start to doubt what's going on in the world. You start wondering okay, what's, is this reality real? Is this system real? Is this what I'm really meant to be living? And then from that, you have this great introspection, which is to look within. But then the final one, and the one that most people are so afraid to honor, and you said it perfectly with honoring, is death. And it's great death. And it's to say, okay, now let me let those old things die. 
let me let them pass away so that I can move into something new. So I, I love yeah. that impermanence and that knowing that things are constantly changing and that yeah. they're, they're only allowed to change if we allow the death. Yeah. And I, and I, and I believe, you know, we're, we're so afraid of death that we're actually not even reflecting on are we dying well? You know, we're just concerned <laughs> with, I don't want to die. And, you know, we are going to die, but are we dying well? And I think dying well, mm -hmm. having the reflection on dying well is also living well. And so yeah. in rejecting this, um, you know, reality of life, we're actually also not living so well because we're living in this fear. So for me, this whole, you know, and, and events, uh, you know, are, are so potent to push us to uh, upgrade, you know, our inner, our universe. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, throughout the year, I've, I've heard people say, you know, they're waiting for things to go back to normal. They're waiting for uh, this to, to pass through. But nobody's talking about we're, we're waiting to transform to this, right? And, and I think that's what you're pointing at, that we get in this pattern of just kind of being like, well, I'm, I'm in my, my routine and that's my life. And my life is simply to be counting the days towards my death while trying to avoid it. Rather than can I live fully, can I, can I choose the steps that I'm taking forward, knowing that no matter what, those steps are going towards death. But can I do it well? <laughs> well, I mean, I think also, you know, because everything has an economic aspect, um, you know, the fear of death is, um, you know, is, is um, driving a lot of the economy. So we are buying anti-aging products. We're uh, taking all kinds of treatments, etc., not to die. Mm -hmm. uh, the pharmaceutical mm -hmm. industry is also completely relying on our fear of death. Um, you know, the healthcare systems, etc. I mean, there's insurance. Um, you know, there is so much that is relying on that. So, you know, the, the, the conversation on death and are we dying well uh, is one that people don't really want to have. You know, we're just, yeah. um, you know, we're just creating this illusion of we're not going to die. You know, if you think of the news and every COVID death is like, oh, one more person has died, you know. Well, I mean, people die. Uh, that's that's yeah. the reality. Um, you know, and I'm and and I'm speaking about that, you know, with the experience of many people dying in my family uh, and from a young age. So, you know, it's not that I haven't experienced that. I've experienced that extensively uh, in my life. So, you know, there is a process of grieving and I think we, we, we have to go through the grieving. But at the same time, you know, that shouldn't take away from the wisdom of around death and honoring people's life because sometimes you find you know people who've had incredible lives die in the most um i wouldn't say inhuman but i think in a not dignified way and mm. uh, i wish more dignity uh, also brought into, into that space more dignity more love more honoring more serenity uh, versus this constant fighting um, yeah. and, and, I, and I would have hoped that, um, you know, obviously there's different steps to that. I think COVID has brought also an opportunity for people to think about what really matters. 
But I think that for me, it's just one step. You know, we, we also have to embrace life as it is and find just that into, you know, these things uh, that are part of life. So when we're talking even about paradigm shifts uh, for uh, the, the new year, uh, one of my prayer, uh, prayers, one of my wishes is that we uh, definitely work more on ourselves to embrace impermanence. Uh, and, mm-hmm. you know, impermanence is not a bad thing. I mean, if things were not dying, we wouldn't have this beautiful, beautiful world. Um, you know, we observe nature and we find it so amazing. Uh, and families also renew and evolve, etc. There is just so much beauty in death and renewal. Um, I, I wish that is something that would change also in the new year. Yeah. Uh, that's so beautiful. I, I, as you're sharing this, I'm thinking of even if I look out in my garden, if I see a fruit drop from one of the trees, if you take that fruit and you try to preserve it, you try to keep it from dying, you try to make sure that, that it doesn't you know, pass away into the soil, which would just be its renewal, it would go right back into nature. What happens? Well, it rots, it spoils within that confinement of, of resistance, right? Of, of fighting not to, to move forward in its cycle. And, and I think that's probably what you're talking about with a lot of people's attitude towards life is how can I hold on to this for as long as possible instead of how can I live this until there's that moment where this moment of my life, it may not be your actual life, but even just this cycle of my life dissolves away into the, the resources and the things around me that let it replenish and renew. Yeah. Hmm. And I mean, you're, I mean, I think that's talking about even, um, you know, inspiring experiences, your experience is inspiring because you, in a way, you know, when you chose to spend all this time in silence, you also died. Like you chose a, a a death, a part of, you know, dying to a lot of things um, and embracing that change. And I think, you know, that, w- that for me is really inspiring. Thank you. Yeah, I think definitely identity was, was a, a core thing that died during that silence. There was not the ability to, to speak into a title or a label or a role. It was like, okay, I'm just that weird guy that's silently there, <laughs> present to things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I had a question that came up earlier as you, you said, you know, you've experienced death a lot in your, in your life. And, and I, I venture to say that's probably a lot because of the part of the world that you're coming from. And there's, there's a different way that I think people who have seen a lot of death in their life and where death is almost a, it's a lot more part of life, right? Then you get somebody who's been sheltered and has never seen or experienced death. I, I know for myself, outside of my military time before that, I think I was already well, probably in my early 20s before I had a, a direct confrontation with death. And, and that was a friend that, that passed. And I think that's how it is for most people. And some people, they may go most of their lives never really being in direct association to it which I think that unknown aspect is a big piece of why people avoid it so much because they're just afraid. They don't understand it. So what would you say as a way to familiarize oneself with death? Well, I mean, that's very true. I think life has changed. I have 
lived most of my life in Africa and it's a very uh, community driven environment. As a matter of fact, um, the activities on, on weekends are mostly weddings, christening and funerals. So people, wow. very, you know, it's very much part of, of life. Uh, there are funerals uh, and people go to funerals almost every week. Um, wow. And obviously we've, we've experienced a lot. We've experienced wars and, um, you know, all kinds of diseases, etc. So, you know, and there is also a lot of poverty, um, you know. So we're, we're, you know, it is true that being in this part of the world and also living partly in Asia, you know, in more emerging markets, so-called emerging markets, um, you, you have much more an experience of one communal life and um, more, I would say, the ability. And, and that, uh, you know, uh, creates also a certain wisdom. And I think we've also kept our wisdom keepers. Uh, so there are strong traditions, yeah. uh, there are rituals around death. Um, and so these rituals are important uh, and that creates a whole, um, you know, a whole, I would say, wisdom around it. I mean, within the, the past three months, I have two people in my family who passed away within actually almost 24 hours of one another. Uh, but it's just also been really uh, beautiful to experience uh, all the rituals and the celebrations and the honoring uh, mm -hmm. of departed souls and I, I, I think this is something that uh, people are a little bit robbed of in the western world where funerals are also really fast um, you know it's, it's a very lonely process uh, here you know people have all you know the, the neighbors cook and people come and their wakes and prayers and wow. um, you know they're, they're, they're like a whole ceremonial there's dancing and they're celebrating and honoring you know the soul that has left so much and that is something i think uh i wish uh would come back into western cultures so um you know mm -hmm. there would be a different relationship with that yeah it's interesting i i forget what book it was it might have been the slight edge by jeff olson that i was reading that at the beginning he talks about the statistics around funerals i think in the u.s specifically and that even, even if you've lived an amazing life and, and you've had success and riches and fame and all these things, that in the end, on average, there will be three to five people at your funeral. Wow. And that's it. No matter how many people you have interacted with and, and known or had relation, three to five people on average. Wow. I mean, my and, uncle is very good thing. I mean, like literally in my family, I was telling you, we've had two funerals. My aunt passed away and we had the funeral in France and my uncle passed away and we had the funeral in Ivory Coast. So in France, you know, also with the COVID restrictions, we're probably about, you know, 30 or so people, maybe 50. And my uncle's funeral, there were more than 5,000 people and the whole village and dancing and kids and like I mean yeah it was and it was a whole you know week-long event basically wow for, yeah. for those people who are, are just joining now you know we're, we're talking about death at the moment because we're looking at this idea of these old paradigms that in 2020 no longer serve us can we let them die can we let them pass away can we can we become 
familiar and honor death in our lives so that we can actually invite a new reality into the future of our lives. And given that, I, I want to now ask you uh, another question, which is the other side of that. So if in 2020 we, we were brought face to face with this idea of impermanence and death, as you said, yeah. what should we be looking at other than getting more familiar with that? Where can we direct our focus in 2021? Where can we bring life more into what we're doing? Well, I mean, there is the eternal and important question of who am I? So, of course, you know, that who I'm, you, you know, that... <laughs> the book, Who Are You? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a very good book, by the way, for people who Thank are... Uh, Rodolfo wouldn't say it because it's the author, but actually, Rodolfo, you should show the cover. It's a really good book. I recommend <laughs> it to anyone uh, online. Um, yeah, lots of... It's backwards, but... <laughs> Yeah, and, and I mean, I'm with you, Rodolfo. This is, you know, this is the key question, really, for us to understand who we are, because I feel that uh, once we have that knowledge, everything else flows really well. Um, you know, of course, there are paradigms um, that, you know, I believe should be retired, and there's so many of them. As a matter of fact, most of our paradigms should be retired, you know, um, it, our identities, separateness versus oneness, uh, education, dogma versus self-knowledge, um, hmm. you know, nature, taming nature versus, um, you know, tuning into the intelligence of nature, politics, um, you know, metrics-based versus uh, heart-based, happiness-based, uh, economy, um, you know, uh, unconscious capitalism versus uh, sacred economy. So, you know, if we look at the whole framework of our lives, literally every paradigm that is in place at the moment um, should be retired and mm -hmm. um, should be retired to be in line with this, definitely the, not only the intuitive, but also the scientific knowledge of the, you know, kind of more updated scientific knowledge of who we are. And I think once yeah. we understand really who we are, not just from a spiritual, um, you know, level, because I think science definitely back is backing today, uh, you know, the, 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 uh, the spiritual and intuitive knowledge that we have. Once we have this understanding, we're able to look at the world and say, well, I mean, this paradigm actually is not only flawed, it doesn't serve, um, you know, uh, um, a more, it doesn't serve an empowering reality and, these paradigms need, need to be retired. Yeah. Um, and so we can look really at the whole spectrum. I think one of the, the things, you know, we, we, we can say conceptually, but I feel that it is really powerful once we're able to embrace it um, really and to live according to that. It's really that understanding that we live in a quantum reality and we are energy. Uh, yeah. If we are able to really understand truly the meaning of that beyond the words and live the world, live our lives and build our lives according to that knowledge, it's already a huge start. I think there are many things around that we can bring into, but if we start to think about that, um, I think we, we also get another, um, you know, another a relationship with the world around. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, from if I synthesize there, all this beautiful wisdom that you just shared, what I'm hearing you say is, you know, we we've been in paradigms and systems and and setups and and I would almost say governings of external authority. Uh, and and essentially being told whether it's through education, through health, through finances, through economy, through business, all these things, we're being told what is supposed to be. And you're directing us, and I think this is a wonderful way to to guide is that you know going to 2021, going into the future, we need to focus in on self awareness. We need to focus in on how much more we are internally in our wisdom, in our intuition, in our knowledge, and how much we can actually count on that as being more accurate than the external systems that have been governing things. Because when we do that, we're probably going to find a better harmony outward as well. Absolutely. I mean, it's really uh, funny because right before we started this call, I was on a group, a WhatsApp group, and uh, we're exchanging information on the vaccine. And someone was saying, um, you know, I got this information from the scientists and the vaccine is great, da, da, da. and then, you know, before I had shared information and then someone responded, I don't know what anymore to believe, I'm confused. And I responded to that, as a matter of fact, we don't have to believe anything from anything outside of ourselves. Um, yes. You know, science is not uh, something that doesn't change, you know, science is as good as, as now. Uh, there's so many things that were presented as revolutionary in the past and ended up being actually really detrimental to our health. So, you know, the, the only thing that we can trust is our inner wisdom and our intuition. And I don't think we should judge anyone for making their choices. If for certain people, their intuition is that, you know, it's great to be vaccinated, this disease is deadly, you know, whatever narrative you have and this is your belief, then that is absolutely fine. Uh, and if your belief is that this disease is not deadly, has a very low, um, you know, actually, in, you know, death rate, uh, you don't need a vaccine to, um, to get over it, your body is strong enough. This is also the belief. So I, I think, you know, I, the other thing I want to call more in the world is freedom. I think we have to stop this idea that we need to control people and we need to impose. You know, there is a whole paradigm that, be, that is there that people, if not controlled, will do silly things and the world will be in chaos, etc. It is so far from the truth because every single community experiment where people are, are left with freedom, uh, actually we can even see it in nature, chaos is not created, harmony. Harmony. Uh, our, natural, our natural state is harmony. And the yeah. trying to control actually creates the chaos. And so we have to allow people to feel whatever is intuitive to them, uh, whatever feels good to them, and that is absolutely fine. There's no one way, there's no one truth, there's no one thing to impose on people. Uh, the most important is that you trust what is inside of you, and we have to stop these beliefs that uh, they are so-called experts. I mean, even right now, Rodolfo and I are just having a conversation you know, these are just opinions. There is no yeah. truth in here. It's just our own conversation, opinions, and people have to take what feels good to them, what resonates, and what doesn't resonate, well, doesn't resonate. Uh, and it's yeah. absolutely fine. Uh, we, we also, you know, I think one of the things, talking about paradigms, what, 
you know, how I pray and, and hope to manifest more in the world is we also have to take life so seriously. I just find there's just too much seriousness into this game of life. It is a game. There's nothing too serious about it. Uh, and we're, we're, everything becomes so serious. Life is not that serious. It's not. Yeah. yeah. I like to, you know, you, you, you've touched on probably two or three super sensitive topics for the world. Like uh, one death is, is a really sensitive one. Um, the, the topic around a lot of what's happening right now and, and whether we listen to external expert authorities or we listen to our inner authority and, and expertise. Um, and now, you know, this idea of can we not take life so seriously and can we be more playful uh, or at least be more easygoing? And um, all of these are obviously very controversial kind of things. So I'm going to try to bring them down into some practicality that hopefully people can relate without getting uh, you know, yeah. up into their, their, their corners and be like, okay, I'm going to fight you. No, but let me see. First, with, with, the, with the idea of not taking life too seriously, this is one that, you know, you wouldn't know it from how silly I'm being right now, but I struggle to be playful and, and I've really had to work on that. And one of the things that really helps me is I remember this from just the idea of physics and, and science, right? That that which is tense breaks faster, <laughs> That which is tense breaks faster. And, you know, you think of if you're in a car accident and, you know, if you get really stressed, you're you're probably going to break every bone in your body. Whereas if you're very relaxed and, you know, a lot of times that might be because somebody's drunk or because of something else. But if they can just be relaxed or if you're, you know, falling from a high height or anything and you're relaxed and you hit, you don't hurt yourself much. I think it's one of the reasons that kids don't get hurt because they just like, they fall down and they're like, blah, you know, (laughs) whereas adults, we start to see ourselves falling and every muscle in our body tenses up like, and boom, we hit really hard. So I, I like to think of that in that sense of when we take life seriously, we're actually causing so much contraction that, that we're creating more damage. Whereas if we can relax and take it less seriously, life won't be so, so hard on us. And I think that's, that's great. Um, to the topic of death, that, that's one that everybody just needs to face, right? <laughs> Go ahead. I just want to add also something to that. I think we also have to open our eyes. Uh, I'm very fortunate to uh, travel a lot and spend a lot of time also in less, you know, I'm very privileged, uh, but I get to spend a lot of time in, in, um, you know, communities that are not so privileged and live around communities that are not privileged. And um, that also gives you perspective because you find that people sometimes have very little materially and sometimes even are sick and old, but they find joy. And um, we find that in individualistic societies, sometimes we're so concerned about ourselves that uh, we don't, you know, we're not open to, to the rest of the world. And I think once we start having more connections with people, like really hard connections, not a connection through a filter of, oh, wow, this person lives in a hut, in a slum, and their life is horrible. Well, you, if you were actually going to sit in the hut, in the slum of this person, have a, a very simple meal, you may find that this person actually has more joy and more happiness than yeah. someone who uh, lives in 
it's incredible. So we also have to, to stop projecting, you know, our ideas of what joy, etc. because people come with different things and And once we start making more connections and, and not projecting, but actually sitting and understanding and listening, you find that, wow, actually those things that I thought matter did not matter. And uh, as, you, as you start actually to, uh, to peel off, you find out that very little actually matters. And this is how you move from taking life so seriously to actually, it is not that deep. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. It, I think getting more perspective, more experience in different realities and different um, situations is, is huge. Uh, you remind me so much of, of a, an experience I had when I was in Panama many, many years ago. Uh, a lot of my family lives in Panama and I had decided I was going to go out into the rainforest and, and go into a village out in the middle of the, the jungle uh, just to be with them. I wanted to learn from what they were doing. And as I started to get, make my plans, I remember my family telling me, oh, you know, they're very, very poor out there. They don't have much. You, you really, you should bring some food, some canned foods and things like that because they need it out there. They don't have anything. And, and at first I thought, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. I want to help. But then I, I also thought, that's well, going to be really heavy in my backpack. I don't, <laughs> don't want to go marching through. But I also thought, you know, I'm not going out there to bring them my opinions and perspectives. I'm going out there to find out theirs. And, yeah. and I went, and I remember showing up, and I felt a little shameful and guilty because I showed up empty-handed, and I, I talked to the chief about it. I said, look, I, I thought about bringing a lot of food for you guys because I, I've been told you don't have much out here. And he kind of looked at me and he goes, no, we have so much. Did you see the village? And, and I look out in the village, there's these kids running around chasing the chickens. You know, yeah. some people are out in like the garden area. Others are just fixing up some huts and things. And, and he goes, we are abundant. But the one time that I felt not so good was when I lived in the, and the chief had lived in the city for a little while. He's like, oh, I felt terrible then. Terrible. So little. But here I have so much. And yeah, again, it's perspective. Yeah, we have to stop building walls because what happens is that we, we get our comfort and we start building walls and trying to, you know, protect ourselves or, you know, isolate ourselves from others. And I think once we start shattering the walls and just go out there, uh, it's just so beautiful because there's just so much wisdom uh, to learn from everyone. And, um, and, you know, this life is just, it's just a big video game, I always say. <laughs> it's like a video game. <laughs> I'm writing some notes because I want to share a summary with people later. Um, so, so again, we talked about death. We talked about inner authority over external authority. And now we're, we're finishing up a talk about being more playful in life and less serious. I think when it comes to, if we come back a little bit to this inner authority versus external authority, this is probably the biggest lesson of what we can, we can share right now of going from 2020 where we were very dependent on external authority. And I think people, because they've seen how many different external authorities can say how many different things that people like your friend are going like, I don't know what to believe anymore. I don't know who to follow. Well, yeah. Follow yourself. <laughs> Yeah. And, and that's, I think that's great advice that you shared, especially for those going into 2021 is start figuring out what you want and where you want to go. 
and, and then listen to your own take on it. You know, I, I heard something early on in the year when, when all of this stuff started happening and it was drop the things you cannot control and, and focus in on those which you can. And I think we can only control our inner world. We can only control ourselves. We cannot control the external, nor can the external be controlling us without our permission. And so if we can let that go, we'll start coming into that power within. Well, I mean, let me push it a little bit further. Let's eliminate okay. the world control altogether. Why do we need to control anything? Nothing. Mm. So, you know, we can choose our vocabulary and the words that are not um, necessarily serving us and we don't need to use them. Um, we have a choice. Like everything is the menu. And uh, the, word the, world, the word control is one that actually, for me, as a paradigm, should be retired altogether. It doesn't serve anything. It doesn't serve anything. Try to, if you, I will challenge anyone who uh, is on this call to stop using, to stop using the word, word control. And you can choose some other ones as well. But if you were trying to eliminate the word control hmm. from your vocabulary, see how different your life would be. You can choose. We're, we're, that's how powerful we are. We can choose the words we want to use. I love that. That's, that's actually very true. And hard, because it's like, okay, I'll stop controlling others. But, but this situation, let me just make sure that it works out. You know? <laughs> yeah, that, we don't need that, to, I, I mean, any, any word, you know, the thing is, any word that we choose in our vocabulary uh, is, is, a, is a, one of the foundations of our house. And so <laughs> you want to choose the right, the right you know, foundations. And there are some words, you know, like control, worth, um, hate, um, you know, even simple things like when you say, oh, I hate banana. I mean, you don't even need to use that. I mean, there are certain words that, you know, or is it worth it? But what, what is worth? Like everything is worth. <laughs> so, you know, there, there are certain words that are not, um, you know, that are not empowering. Even the word no, um, we could also try. It's also a good exercise to try to, in a, in a whole day, just try not using the word no. Mm -hmm. I love it. I love it. We, we've gone so far past what the, the initial idea of 30 minutes was, which I knew was going to happen because <laughs> I think with you and with all those people I'm going to be talking to, we're going to have such amazing conversations. They're just going to keep going. Um, so thank you. Yeah, thank you. Um, We've given a lot of great information, and I, I want to make sure that it's very practical and actionable for some people. So that one was great. A challenge and a practice to be aware of the words that we're using and remove the ones, and I like your wording, let retire the, the words that aren't serving us anymore. I love that. And, and to do that with control, to do that with the word no, like wonderful. I, please, people who are watching this now and watching the replays later, Practice this at least for a day, two days, three days. See what happens. Um, and as far as developing more self-awareness and more self-authority, what's a great practice that people can do going into 2021 to cultivate that? Well, I, I like for me, a, a practice I find really powerful is uh, meditating on the value or virtue of humility. 
uh, and it is something that is not very popular in our society. It's, uh, it's one word that people have been trying to retire, as a matter of fact. And, um, you know, so what we want is retire those words I was mentioning, but we also want to reinstate uh, other words that are really empowering and humility. Mm -hmm. is, uh, there are beautiful, uh, beautiful uh, books, uh, readings, uh, prayers on humility, and um, you'll find that some of them sometimes will a little bit like, <gasps> you know, kind of cringe because it's not like in line with some of the things that we're being taught. Uh, mm -hmm. but, but I would say this is a beautiful practice. Um, and I, I don't want to give too much about it because I think we have to find ourselves. And um, for people who are listening, uh, take the, world, the word humility and think about it. What does it mean um, to you, for you, in your life? How does it translate? And um, you'll find that having a humble approach um, you know, and a humble, um, to show up with the humility. And I'm not just talking about humility when it comes to achievement, etc. You know, I think there is a whole, uh, as you start to explore this word uh, and see what it means in the context even of nature, of our place in space and in the world, uh, we start to, um, to act from a different place. And so that, that would be for me, uh, you know, like as we say, um, when you remove something, as we're removing words, it, it creates space for new things. And so as you're removing control, maybe just bring in humility and see how that feels. I love it. I love it. That's a great place to, to wrap up to. I like it. We get to retire the words such as control and reinstate things like humility. I love it. Um, is there anywhere that people can find more knowledge and wisdom from you? I know we, we've got your Instagram here. Um, what, is there another summit uh, set up for Tunche? Yeah, I'm super excited. Um, on January 30th, we have another Tunche actually talking about retiring paradigms. And please join as many people um, you know, because this is the time also we get to uh, create a new language and bring new energy uh, in the world. And Rodolfo, I hope you'll join. So I'll speak to you. About I'd love day. to. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Wonderful. Swati, thank you so much. Um, this will be, this has all been recorded. This will be on IGTV uh, here on the Brilliance EDU, um, both the platform and also here on the Instagram. So people can watch the replays anytime. Um, thank you so much, Swati. This, this was great. I'm going to do a little summary recap um, video that will go along with, with the, the replay because I think this is amazing and I want to make sure I get all the juiciness all, all compacted together for people. <laughs> and hi, Moji. I see hi, June, and some people who have joined. Thank you so much for bringing your energy here. Spread the word. Uh, follow Rodolfo and his amazing work. He hasn't spoken about what he does, but I see some of the people I know uh, really have to see uh, some of the, the things Rodolfo has been doing and is doing, and it's really empowering. So thank you. Hi, Karen. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Thank you for joining. I think a lot of people from, from Swati's Instagram are joining in, some of them from the Brain CDU. By the way, the Brain CDU is a personal development platform. 
to do things like this, to, to invite amazing people to come and share, to invite the wisdom and knowledge so that together as a community, we can keep growing. And, and I think that's really my own mission and, and my love in life is to watch growth continue to happen. Thanks thank again, everybody. In South Africa who are joining. Hang in there. <laughs> There's so much magic. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's a All right. And blessings. Thank you again, Swati. Thank you, everybody. A big thank you for listening in today. You have been tuning in to the Be Happy, Be Brilliant podcast with myself, Rodolfo Young. I hope you've enjoyed the episode and that you'll share it with your friends and keep the heart ripple flowing. For more content and inspiration, you can visit www.rodolfoyoung.com.